The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Oh, how you doing? Uh, welcome to today's show. It is Thursday, June 28, 2018, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob. How you doing? What's happening? Hello, Bob. We are brought to you by Bubble Genius. It is the best soap in the world. Primary elections are underway, and the midterms will be here before you can say impeach Trump. Wrong. And now you can remind yourself to vote every time you wash by picking up Bubble Genius's Vote Soap. It's a five-ounce bar of sweet-smelling soap artistically carved into the shape of the word vote. With a third of the proceeds going to resistance candidates across the country. Only $7 from Bubble Genius, but use our promo code BOBC for 15% off your entire order only from BubbleGenius.com. We're also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. Check out Bowen, the cover of South Magazine's Power Issue, where he's listed as the South's greatest lawyer. You can also find Bo at TheBowenLawGroup.com or just click Bo Bowen's picture on the podcast page. Okay, on today's show... Kimberly Johnson, author of Peyton's Choices, here today. Of course, we're going to talk about the uh, shit, the forthcoming Supreme Court situation <laughs> and how the Democrats need to grow a goddamn backbone and fight this one. Plus, Trump was in Fargo last night with his burnt umber Sierra. Yeah, real good then. And Trump is going for his mid-year employee evaluation with Putin next month because we're not quite screwed yet. God damn it! All that and more on the way. And now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Mr. Gossi, I, I know you're very busy, but um, can I have your autograph? Certainly. You know which movie of yours I love, Mr. Lugosi? The Invisible Ray. You were great as Karloff's sidekick. Karloff? Sidekick? Fuck you! Karloff does not deserve to smell my shit! That limey cocksucker can rot in hell for all I care! What happened? How dare that asshole bring up Karloff? You think it takes talent to play Frankenstein? It's all, all makeup and then grunting. Bella, I agree 100%. Now, Dracula, that's a role that requires talent. Of course. Dracula requires presence. It, it's all in the eyes and the voice and the hand. That's right. That's right. You seem a little agitated. You want to go outside and get some air? Bullshit. I'm ready now. Roll the camera. Bob Seska. Ladies and gentlemen, take my advice. Pull down your pants and slide on the ice. The Bob Seska Show. All right, let's get started here. Uh, I want to hear from Deval Patrick first. It sounds weird considering what we're all talking about in the news today with the Supreme Court and all that. Oh, my God, awfulness. But we got to hear from Deval Patrick. And you're saying, well, that's so weird, Bob. Why do you want to hear from Deval Patrick? Well, here's, here's exactly why. And if we want to win elections in November and keep our country moving forward, if we want mm-hmm. to earn the privilege to lead, we do. my message is this. It's time for Democrats to grow a backbone and stand up for what we believe. Yeah. 
Yeah, hell yeah. What Javal Patrick says. Yeah, I need to start out with that because now uh, I want to bring in. Uh, oh, look, Kimberly Johnson here. Pursuing the yeah. agenda of manicide. <laughs> here's Kimberly. <laughs> Hello, how are you? Wait, I got to turn on your mic. There you are. Hello. Up, oh, what? Up, what? Up, up, what? Up, up, there, there, there you are. Fucking mic. <laughs> Oh, how are you holding up? I mean, this is... I'm not uh, doing well. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm very upset. I know. We're all upset. We're all, uh, we're all extraordinarily stressed out about what's coming next. Of course, uh, it is Trump Crisis Day 525, 130 days until the uh, 2018 but, midterms. And, and you know what? Hmm. You know, I don't know exactly who he's going to pick, but it doesn't matter. This is something that we were... This is why everybody cried on election night. Yeah. This is why everybody felt a punch in the gut. You know, we, we've been able to roll through this up until now, mm-hmm. um, even though we've had, you know, experienced devastating consequences as a result of this. Yeah. Uh, it, I'm not even going to call it an election. It was like an installment. But this is why we were all upset. It's not surprising mm-hmm. that any of this is happening. I'm a little surprised about Kennedy because... He said he might uh, he might retire, and then he said he wouldn't retire, and now he's retiring. I don't know why he couldn't have waited to make this announcement after the midterms, or you know, after. Does it have something to do with the summer and like? Usually, Supreme Court justices who resign tend to resign while the Supreme Court is in session or just having wrapped up their mm-hmm. session. Of course, that was the case this time. Right. And for the first half of yesterday, all I kept seeing was tweets saying that. Oh, yeah, the Supreme Court wrapped up its session and no one retired. Hey, happy day. Good news. That's awesome. And then boom. And then, of course, yeah, boom. Boom is exactly right. Well, you know, I mean, he understood what was at stake and uh, he did it anyway. And I, he might have been in failing health. That's that's sort of some of the rumors are. But he could have waited until January. Yeah, well, what he's done is he's ignited a uh, a gigantic bomb inside the federal government inside the United States by doing this now and allowing Donald Trump to calcify the five before. Kennedy understands what's at stake here, especially mm-hmm. with the uh, Russian attack. I mean, I don't know where he stands on collusion and what he thinks Trump did or didn't do, but it's clear to anybody mm-hmm. who who's not compromised that there was some nefarious, um, you know, election, whatever you want to call it, with the Trump campaign. Yeah. And I can't imagine Kennedy doesn't know this. So the fact that he would do this now Mm -hmm. is a slap in the face to this country. Yeah, I mean, to allow Donald Trump, even without Russia, you take Russia out of the equation, and Donald Trump is still a completely incompetent and corrupt president of the United yeah. States. But you put Russia into all of this. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I mean, it's one thing, though, because, you know, I can't imagine Romney would have been awesome. But, um, you know, and I'm sure there would have been corruption. There's corruption in every administration. Yeah. It's just a matter of degree. Right. But uh, this is different. This is about a, foreign, a hostile foreign nation taking hold of our democracy. And he's got mm. to be aware of that. And the fact that he has... that he's decided to leave now is, I don't know, I mean, outside of being upsetting and devastating, it just, it really shows me who his true character is. Well, you know who I'm blaming partly in all of this? I mean, obviously there's Russia and there's lots of dimensions to this, but now that it just occurred to me, George H.W. Bush nominated Clarence Thomas to the Supreme Court. And that started a long series now since then 
of presidents making nominees to the Supreme Court based on specific ideological factors, yeah. the, the great litmus test, as we've all been hearing. And uh, and it didn't used to be that way. Oftentimes, you know, a president would nominate a Supreme Court justice based on, generally speaking, do they lean in, in that president's direction? Because, of course, presidents aren't suicidal, and they mm -hmm. know where their bread is buttered sometimes when it comes to uh, court rulings and, and how their laws and how their executive orders can end up in the hands of the Supreme Court deciding whether or not they can move forward. So generally speaking, there was a little bit of, it was sort of a toe in the ideological realm when it came to choosing Supreme Court justices. But most of the time, it was, Supreme Court justices were chosen based on maintaining a continuity, maintaining a level of above boards professionalism and jurisprudence. That, yeah, those that, days are gone. Those days are long gone, uh, especially since Clarence Thomas. And now we're in a realm now where it's really where presidential elections really are half about the president and half about the Supreme Court, mm -hmm. uh, especially as we're dealing with several older Supreme Court justices. I mean, Clarence Thomas could go next or it could be uh, RBG. I mean, she could be up next. And don't that even, I mean, you, you, you want to talk about someone I saw a meme going around on Facebook yeah, today. To saying, yeah, well, they ought to they need to wrap RBG in the. Uh, and some bubble wrap. Oh, well, I <laughs> Keep saw her, her safe. Lots of antibiotics on hand. Yeah, I saw uh, <laughs> one of them. Well, she's doing planks, and it's just said, "Keep doing more planks." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and of course, for me, you know, for me personally, I'm going on vacation next week. Uh, I'm not going to be doing. We're not going to be doing any shows next week. I'm not going to be writing anything next week until unless something seriously explodes. <laughs> I just need to, on it. yeah, I mean, I need to take some goddamn time to, to refuel or something or else my head's going to explode. My yeah. head's going to explode almost like Chris Matthews head exploded yesterday on MSNBC. Yeah. Chris Matthews was on fire yeah. yesterday. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's so seldom that we actually talk about Chris Matthews in a positive light exactly. on the show. <laughs> Especially but, me. And, and he went off and it was funny to hear him go off. It wasn't, it wasn't funny haha -ha funny it was amazing funny mm -hmm. to hear him go off about a kennedy that wasn't bobby kennedy so he's always talking about <laughs> right. I'm, I'm bobby kennedy. in fact i'm surprised he didn't work in bobby you know, here's what bobby kennedy had to say about the supreme court <laughs> he just <laughs> i'm left. talking about anthony kennedy not bobby kennedy he okay, wasn't like having a very he, good impression <laughs> he wasn't having any of uh steve kornacki yesterday yeah. on the show and steve kornacki I mean, in his defense, all he was trying to do is get out of Chris Matthews. Now, what parliamentary procedures, what Senate rules yeah. can be exploited right. to stop a potential Trump nomination or the forthcoming Trump nomination? And Chris was like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, here's what I'm going to tell you, Steve Kornacki. <laughs> and here's, yeah. here's a bit of that segment yesterday on the Steve Kornacki show. And you know what? Chris Matthews is exactly goddamn right about yeah. this. Again, going back to what we said at the top of the show about Deval Patrick. It's the Deval Patrick idea. Grow a goddamn backbone. I've been yeah. screaming about this since yesterday. Stop crying, liberals, and grow a backbone and fight for this one. This is the first real serious fight for the Supreme Court that we've had to engage in. Maybe, well, certainly since Obergefell. Uh, and, and so there have been decisions that we've been fighting on, but in terms of the stacking of the Supreme court, this is the first major fight and we've got to win this one. Otherwise yeah. five to four becomes calcified in favor of the conservatives. Yeah. And that is 
it. That is over. Here's Chris Matthews on MSNBC yesterday. How about survival of the Democratic leadership? You know, in 19, uh, 2016, rather, look what happened. Hillary Clinton, the establishment candidate, won. How did she win the party? Helped her. They had debates during NFL games. Any way to protect her from a serious onslaught from Bernie Sanders. Then they go ahead and they lose. They never even got a vote of Merrick Garland for the Supreme Court. And now we're talking about having a vote before in the next four or five months, right before a midterm election on this, whoever Trump cooks up. I don't think the party leadership can survive this. How do you explain that you couldn't stop when you have 49 senators? They just had 50. You know, just a few years ago, look at the way the Republicans have played the rules. First of all, they said it took Senate, 60 senators to approve a Supreme Court justice uh, back two years ago. It also, uh, that's 60 years. Then they got rid of that from the nuclear option. And they said also, we're not going to elect anybody or nominate or confirm anybody in the year before a presidential election. Yeah. So they denied confirmation or even hearings or even meetings with Gary Gar- Garland, Merrick Garland, the Democratic nominee of, of President <laughs> Obama. Yeah. And so they're playing all these games. It's 60 votes now. It's 50. Oh, by the way, we're not even going to have a vote on it. And here they come in and they say, well, let's do it nice now. Let's mm-hmm. make sure we have a vote, even though we only have 50 votes to their 49. Let's have good order here. It's not going to happen. If Schumer goes along with that, the whole gang of them are going. Yeah. Look what happened to Joe Crowley yesterday. Mm-hmm. He's gone. The, the, the left of the Democratic party the progressive base of the party and that's minorities young people millennials it's also hispanics latinos african-americans they're tired of losing they're tired but, of but losing chris, chris i think what, I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to, what what I'm trying to get to the bottom what, what i'm trying to get to the bottom of with you is this if every democrat adopts the posture you're talking about fights this makes all the points you're making and they stand together they got 49 votes they lose. so my question is politically what's the blamed. best strategy and the best this. tactic they for a democrat blamed. to get a republican to my dad okay yeah. let's go this way let's do it this way the day after trump's support <laughs> uh, nominee for the supreme court this time around say in october gets confirmed by the united states by one vote. You don't think that base is going to go wild about that? I'm telling you, they're going to say, how did you not use your procedural votes, your, your dilatory tactics, parliament procedure, with all the tricks they pull in the Senate, and you couldn't delay this with one less vote than the Republicans? They will not believe it. It will not seem believable that they couldn't stop a Senate from approving a, president, a presidential nominee with just 50 votes? It used to be 60, now it's just 50. <laughs> it doesn't look right in the history books. But what, is the, what like is the failure. tool? What is the tool? What's the instrument? You're the saying tool, that, I understand. I, I completely it's understand Chuck what you're saying Schumer's about the base decision. being fired up about it's this. It's his but. job to do it. It's not about <laughs> fired up. Yeah. I'm telling you what the party's going to be fired up about. Sure, if sure. But if, if the party this. wants to pull out all stops, and you're saying they're not going to okay, accept okay. it, you, know, you don't have 50 votes, okay. you can't beat okay. this. I'm saying, what's the tool that they actually have? Let's talk about this in a couple weeks. We'll see who's right. All right? We'll see who's right. Chris, I'm not trying to what the tool is, that's all. What is the tool? They will find a way to do it. Oh my God. Okay. There are like... ways to slow down votes. There are ways to pre- prevent a <laughs> well, modest majority way? of 50 yeah. to 49 from getting its way. They will find that way or they will fail. They have to and find if they it. fail, yeah. they will lose their leadership. Yeah. The party will not accept failure on this front. They've not allowed somebody to come into the Supreme Court for 30 years. For 30 years, because they won by one vote, it's one not going to be acceptable. And by the way, and by the way, not- it's not. And by the way, it's not even 51 votes. They can confirm Trump's Supreme Court pick with 50 votes. They can they can confirm that that nomination by a vote of 50 to 49. Not even a full 51. Not even the 50 plus one. 
it's just 50 it's going to be 50 49 at the very least unless and of course this is the this is the big unless unless the democrats can get jeff flake bob corker susan collins well they were talking about susan collins because she said roe has been decided but i saw it um i saw somebody say something along the lines of uh all, all this means is that the the person being interviewed is just going to sidestep and not really answer, and that will give her the cover she needs. Yeah. Because she's going to be feeling, just like with the healthcare vote and the tax vote, she's going to be feeling it from her own party. Yeah. Well, neither are up for re-election this year. Lisa Murkowski's right. not running this year. Susan Collins is not running this year. Right, but there are still things that they uh, McConnell's going to do to twist their arm. Well, that's true. But then there are things that Schumer can do to twist their arm, too. Yeah. Like, and, and if there's some sort of emergency fund, if there's some sort of, uh, uh, you know, a, a stash of, uh, of money and favors somewhere inside yeah. the vaults of the Democratic leadership, now's the time to break the glass on that emergency fund and get moving to buy these votes as best you can. Yeah, I hope that I hope that the Democrats in power right now understand this because if they don't, yeah, I mean, the, this is not only going to fuck up the Supreme Court. It's like Chris Matthews said, the whole party's going to just fucking fall apart. Yeah, and I'm very, I'd be very concerned about. I'm not. I would still imagine progressives will show up to vote for the midterms, but once 2020 rolls along. Um, that's going to be the real problem. I, you know, I hope Chuck Schumer doesn't approach this. I hope Democratic leadership doesn't approach this by saying. Well, it's their turn. That's how the cookie crumbles. Right. This is how the system works. They elected their president, and that president gets to nominate Supreme Court justices. And we're in the minority right now. We only have 49 votes. So, oh, well. Mm -hmm. And then it's this. Yeah. And then we're all. They just just have to wake up to this. And I mean, you know, this, even though I am, I'm really pissed at Bernie for declaring that uh, after. Kennedy announces retirement that that we've won um, mm-hmm. and mainly his argument here is that uh, I guess Democrats are supporting med- uh, single payer yeah so he thinks that he's won mm-hmm. like his revolution is won <laughs> and um, I'm so fucking angry I, I you know it's like he's he he screams about uh, the the red hen restaurant mm-hmm. but says nothing about fucking Russia right so fuck Bernie Sanders but you know what he's going to run. He's going to run in 2020. You can count on it. And all of his crazy people, all of his angry people are right there. And um, I don't know what's going to happen as far as, you know, who's going to be the nominee. But this is really frightening because if we can't get this Supreme Court thing together, then our then I think our party is going to split. Mm-hmm. And then, hello, Donald Trump 2020. Jesus, I don't even want to think about 2020 yet. Because 2020... Well, I haven't either. But now under the circumstances, what we're looking at... You know, I mean, that, that's what we're facing. Unless uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is bionic, there's no way she makes it through an, a second Trump no, term. No. I just want to throw that out there. I know it's like it's too much. Well, and how it's old too is much she to now? comprehend how old at this is point. She? 102, I think. No, I think she's in her 80s. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, some sure people live to their mid 90s. Yeah, she could do it, but yeah. it's very unlikely. Yeah, well, there was also a rumor floating around that Clarence Thomas was going to retire at some point. That doesn't even matter because it's just, that's a one to one, that's exactly. an e- even exchange, as right. they say in retail. Right. But Anthony Kennedy leading this, leaving this is a uh, a nuclear bomb yeah. inside all of this. And if the Democratic leadership doesn't at least pretend to fight tooth and nail, they can't, to they block have to do more than pretend. And you know what? I wouldn't be sitting here necessarily saying we got to block this shit 
if it wasn't for the goddamn McConnell shenanigans mm-hmm. over Merrick Garland. And yeah. I know I'm not supposed I'm, I'm being told by Charlie Pierce and others. I don't don't dwell on the on the McConnell rule aspect of this and getting payback for the McConnell rule. Well, you know what? Yeah, fuck right. I'm going to hold these guys accountable to the standards they set. And I know we're post-hypocrisy and we're uh, uh, post-consistency now where you don't have to be consistent anymore. You can contradict yourself at will if you're a Republican or you can be a hypocrite anytime you goddamn want, especially if you're the president. And we're not supposed to say anything about it because it's old hat. It's old school to to remain, to to have the same position from one moment to the next. But I'm going to hold Mitch McConnell to this. And I think Democratic leadership should hold Mitch McConnell to the Merrick Garland rule. To the rule about not voting to confirm yeah, the Supreme the Court justice in an election. Yeah, but the problem is holding him to it is meaningless because he's not going to do it. Of course, Who, he's who's not going to do listen it? to. But yeah, you know what? There are so many things. You know how the Democrats fight battles in this country? Let me tell you a secret. Democrats fight battles with one arm tied behind their yeah. back. This is like Lincoln in the Civil War fighting the Civil War with one arm tied behind her back. We could have decimated the Confederacy in a year. If Lincoln had pulled out all the stops and pulled in all the troops, he could. Have, I mean, we had we had them outnumbered by hundreds and hundreds of thousands of soldiers, and we delayed and dragged our feet. This is the, it's the same with the modern Democratic Party. There are things that we could be doing now that, quite frankly, the Republicans are doing. And I'm not talking about uh, crooked, treasonous things. I'm talking about things that are perfectly legitimate that we don't do. Mm-hmm. We have got. I know a lot of uh, Hollywood money gets pumped into yeah. Democratic politics. Not nearly fucking enough. Mm -hmm. Not nearly enough. We have got billionaires supporting the Democratic Party. We have got Bill Gates. We have got Elon Musk. We have got all these people who, even though they're not hard left liberals, they control a lot of money and they're sitting on huge, uh, gigantic, enormous pyramids of cash Mm -hmm. that they could just hand over to the Democrats. It's the same way the Republicans end up uh, accumulating all of their Mercer cash and Mm -hmm. so on. I mean, that needs to happen. The fight needs to be made now. This is a huge existential fight for the future of American democracy. And we're talking about a Supreme Court that is going to have a judgment over whether or not Donald Trump submits to subpoenas by the special counsel. I mean, there could even be a question, and I don't think this has been fully adjudicated yet. There could even be a question over whether or not Donald Trump can be indicted. Because I know that there's a... There's a rule that says inside the Justice Department that technically presidents can't be indicted, but I don't see that as being a hard and fast rule, especially given the extremism of the charges against Donald Trump. What we're talking about here is colluding with a foreign government to hijack an entire goddamn election. We're not just talking about some sort of petty malfeasance. We're talking a big darn deal. A big darn deal. And that is going to get decided inside the Supreme Court. And Donald Trump is going to be allowed to decide who those judges are who will cast judgment upon him. The the most insane thing in the world is that Donald Trump is in the middle of this. I I mean, just let me throw out the obvious here. That it's crazy fucking reality show carnival barker Trump stakes guy is, is at the center of all of this. And Donald Trump is going to stack the court for the foreseeable future, for generations to come. And I'm being told, well, now no, go easy on Mitch McConnell. Mm-hmm. Don't, go, don't go there with the McConnell rule. Just focus on the fact that Trump is nuts. You know, Well, you know what? I'm going to focus on the fact that Trump is nuts, and I'm going to focus on a, on a lot more things, at least on my minor little contribution to the whole thing. 
the Democratic leadership has got to take Deval Patrick's advice. Let's hear that if again. If we want to win elections in November and, and keep Supreme our Court country justices. moving forward, if we want to earn the privilege to lead, my message is this. It's time for Democrats to grow a backbone Fuck and yeah. stand up for what we believe. Yeah, yeah. And stop whining. Stop whining. Stop whining. I'm seeing so many tweets, so many Facebook posts. I don't know what to do. I don't, What's happening now? Why? Why is this happening? We're so screwed. We're over. We're done. We're done. I'm done. I'm leaving. I can't deal with this anymore. I know. (sighs) Now's the time, people. Now is the time. Now is the time. Now is the time to throw the gloves off and get into this. Yeah. I almost said get dirty. We don't need to get dirty. We got the facts on our side, right? Well, I mean, and this this is, you know, when I was supporting Bernie in 2016, part of the reason was because I felt the Democrats needed to get it together more. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, the, what I saw happening in uh, the midterms while Obama was president was just leading up to what we have right now. Yeah. And that's why I was upset. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about necessarily hatred for Hillary or anything like that. It, it was about the fact that I didn't like the directions Democrats were going in. I didn't feel that they were fighting. Um, you know, the, the war on women was really getting, you know, getting going in 2012. Yeah. And it just... You know, they, they kept going and they kept going and they kept going and they kept erasing rights and getting rid of, you know, abortion clinics and, and rolling back laws. And instead of using Obama's accomplishments and instead of talking about the ACA and, and, and the good that it's done, mm-hmm. all I got from the fucking DNC were letters begging me for $3 or we're going to face doom. And that was it. I mean, I, I was in a blue state, so I don't, I don't know how much, uh, you know how many senators and and all of them were out there campaigning to get people to go to the polls, but I don't think they did a good job. They, they, they were not fighting as if there was a reason to fight. They were just like, please, please, we're going to lose. Please, we're going to lose. It's like, that's not the fucking way to go. And that's why I put my energy behind Bernie Sanders. It had nothing to do with personal, oh, I really like Bernie. It wasn't about that. I mean, I, I like imitating him, you know, and I, I like, I like talking like Bernie, but, but it wasn't about the person. It was about how we have to, uh, work as Democrats to get people to the polls and, and, and to part of the way you entice people to the polls is, you know, I mean, all the things that he was talking about, we want single payer. We, you know, it would be great if we could have, um, public colleges. Yeah. And, you know, so so anyway, I, I just want to say that the Democrats do have to grow a spine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there is this, right now, I've noticed in the last couple of weeks, the whole, uh, I hate calling them Bernie bros, but it's the whole Bernie brookers are women too. Mm-hmm. And they're so indignant and they're so condescending and they still have that same attitude. <laughs> oh, unless yeah. you do everything we want you to do, yeah. then you're a failure. But there's, you know, they have a point. We have a point. There's a meet in the middle. 
because you know the the point meaning from them is that we do have to Democrats have to change. Well, that's just it I to mean, the- match society, which is filled with women and and people of color and LGBT folks. So we ha- we can't be the old school kind of corporate Democrat. And and I'm not saying that to be divisive, but there are. I mean, I there fucking the guy from there's what's his name Ben. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, I'll think of his name in a minute. But he's in Illinois and. Short story about him is that you Ben know, Carden, no, not Ben. Him? That's here. It's in Maryland. Okay. Brad, Brad Schneider. Brad Schneider. So the deal with Brad Schneider, um, I always hold him up as a perfect example of, mm-hmm. of one of these kind of corporate lazy Democrats because we were trying to get him to sign on to the resolution to remove the deadline for the Equal Rights Amendment, and he was fucking ignoring everybody. Everybody. He wouldn't even respond to us, and um, and then he just ignored it and did nothing until. An activist had an invite to a dinner that he wanted to attend, and it was like a fundraising dinner. He wanted a piece of that. Well, she happened to have the key to that dinner, and she made him promise to to sign on to that resolution. That's when he did it. He didn't do it because women aren't in the Constitution. He didn't do it because he was Mr. For the People. He wanted something, and that was the only way to get him to sign on to that. And it wasn't a vote or anything. It was just, a, it's like a pledge. Yeah. So there are too many Democrats out there that are doing shit like this and they don't deserve their seats. I mean, I don't think Republicans should have their seats. We should have progressives. We should have Democrats out there who are literally working for their constituents. Yes, you have to raise money. Yes, you have to play out by the stupid fucking rules that we've set up. But you have to have people that are serious about working for the people. Because now, ever since this thing happened with Bernie, a lot of people woke up and they are holding them accountable. Yeah. And so that, and so basically they're like, fuck it. We don't care. We're getting rid of you. So that's what we have to fit. Whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, that's where we are. I feel like that's all fine. And we could pick some, uh, some great candidates as long as they can win. Uh, that's right. I mean, I don't, Obviously I don't care. I'm for the viable candidate, right? That's exactly right. It ha- they have to be viable candidates because we can choose to have this purity test all we want, but if they're going to lose in November, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. There's yeah. no point in it. There's no point in supporting a progressive but, but, candidate but also, if they're going to lose to the Republicans. That, that's but that, absolutely true. But this, take a look at what happened in New York. That woman pushed out an incumbent, and um, I don't believe she had the backing of the party. Well, I don't think she's going to have a problem getting elected in November, though. Either. No, no, right. But but what I'm saying here is that we have a new playing field. What might have not played back in either 2006, 10, or 14 might play now. So it's di- it's it, it is difficult and it's risky in some in some uh, races. Yeah. But um, now we have a different playing field, and we can't look. We can't always go back to to how things worked before and think it's going to work now because we thought. Hillary Clinton was going to win. I will say, we didn't know Bernie Sanders was going to go as far as he did. Yeah. Well, bringing this back to the the, the central issue right now, the Supreme Court, I think this the next election is going to be massive yeah. uh, I, along I those hope. lines. Because I what I'm hoping is, and now the conventional wisdom inside Washington, which is always the conventional wisdom inside Washington, is that whatever news comes down, it's always good news for the Republicans. That's yeah. what we always hear. In 2008, everything that happened was good news for John McCain. In 2012, everything that we heard was good news for Mitt Romney. Every think we've heard since then has been good news for the Republican Party. That's just the cable news, uh, DC media mm-hmm. attitude. That's what they do. That's in the script. But, you know, the the wisdom can flow the other direction, by the way, that this nomination right. could mobilize enough support for the Democrats to actually... Well, same same not argument just, for Trump, too. Yeah, well, to not just win the House... 
but to also God, eke out a so. win in the Senate. Because remember, so. we're at 50-49 because John McCain is in poor health and he's not voting. He's mm-hmm. abstaining in all these votes. And we're not sure whether he will you know, come back to, uh, to vote on a uh, Supreme Court uh, confirmation. But uh, the fact remains that all we need are a couple of, a couple of wins on the Senate yeah. side, and then we have the majority in the Senate. Yeah. And I'm hoping that what this will do, if there, is, if there is a silver lining to all of this, is if there is a cup half full way to look at this, it's that it could drive more people to vote for Democrats yeah. for, in the Senate campaigns in November. So we'll keep our fingers crossed for that. And if the Democratic leadership can push back this confirmation yeah. vote, the, the final vote on the floor, if they can push this back far enough until it's after the election, it's much easier to poach some Republicans during a lame duck Congress than it is to uh, poach them before the election. Yeah. So maybe there's that opportunity too. There are lots of things that can still be done here. And I'm still not discounting the idea of cracking open that safe, cracking open that piggy bank, stacking up a whole pile of favors for Collins and Murkowski to not just vote with the democrats in this particular nomination battle but to also get them to start caucusing with the democrats period because it seems to me as if if you're interested in 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 maintaining roe v wade as the law of the land that your best interests are are with the democrats not with the trump republican the trump republican party this is who all these people are throwing down with trump stakes are the world's greatest stakes and i mean that in every sense of the word (laughs) That's who they're with right now. (sighs) Well, there's a lot more to talk about when it comes to uh, all of these things. Uh, I want to talk about here the uh, the situation with abortion. Let's cut right to the chase with Roe v. Wade. Uh, You know what I'm going to do? I'm also going to skip the bottom of the hour break here uh, because there's just there's too much to get to in the course of this hour. We'll take one break in the show today and that'll be it. Um, Okay, so the Goodmacher Institute further notes that four states, Louisiana, Mississippi, North Dakota, South Dakota, have passed laws laws to automatically ban abortion should Roe be overturned. There are laws in the waiting, Mm -hmm. ready to roll, if the worst-case scenario comes to pass, the perfect storm for Trump and the Republicans come to pass. They get confirmed. There's a challenge to Roe. It's five to four against Roe, and then that's it. So right away, and the thing that I keep thinking about is, why don't the Democrats have a bunch of laws like this ready to go too? Yeah, like a bunch of a bunch of assault weapons bans, right. Right, or right, right. expanding Medicare, or in, expanding Medicaid. All these things need to be ready to roll. Why aren't we mo- more proactive with this kind of shit? I don't know. They've got uh, ten states have retained pre-row abortion bans. So not only are there four states with laws ready to roll, we've got ten states with abortion bans that were on the books and remain on the books despite Roe v. Wade and all those laws are waiting for in order to spring back to life is for the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. Eight states have laws that express their intent to restrict the right to legal abortion to the maximum extent permitted by the U.S. Supreme Court in the absence of Roe. In total, 18 states, 18 states fall into one or more of those categories. Some states on the list may be surprising. Massachusetts, Michigan, New Mexico, Wisconsin all retain their pre-row abortion bans. Though in some cases, those bans may violate the state constitution. On the other side, only eight states, California, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, Maine, Maryland, Nevada, and Washington state have passed measures defending abortion rights in the absence of Roe. 
There are already substantial gaps between states and access to abortion. Restrictive laws already on the books appear to significantly lower the abortion rate in their states, suggesting they already reduced access. A study by Guttmacher researchers found that while the average American woman aged 15 to 44 lives less than 11 miles from the nearest clinic, that number varies dramatically from state to state and county to county. In Mississippi, the average woman lives 68.8 miles from the nearest clinic. Do you think low-income women in, that, in, in Mississippi are having free and, and fair access to uh, yeah. women's health services? In North Dakota, that number is 151.6 miles to the nearest clinic that offers abortion services. A lot of the variation is uh, just a function of how rural the state is, but the political environment appears to be a significant factor as well for all of these trap laws. So I'm just throwing it out here. It has really little to do with the Supreme Court, but I think that uh, the Democrats would do well to start fighting along these lines. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily about winning this confirmation battle for the Supreme Court. This is about preparing for uh, the eventuality that, you know what, it's possible that the pendulum could swing the other way. We're not well, done are, yet. Uh, from that article, there are some states that... Um, do have some things set in motion that would basically deal or work with the parameters of RV Wade and, and protect those rights. So I think there are some States and I don't remember which ones they are that have that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I think that's probably going to happen. So, I mean, I think we should at least count on it. And I, and I think that uh, it's going back to your thinking of that, I think is probably, and I heard this on somebody said this on MSNBC last night, that that's probably, it's going to be what it takes to get young women yeah. to finally truly wake up. I mean, I think that young people are paying attention because uh, of the gun situation yep. and, and Parkland and all of that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is something new. This is something that it's been driving me crazy. I mean, I wrote a book called American Woman, The Pole Dance, and I was, it was the importance of voting. And I, I wrote that book for someone, basically for my younger self, when I was not paying attention. Yeah. I do believe that if I were 25 years old or 20 years old, that you know that's when I was not paying attention. If I if I was that age now, I would sure enough be paying attention because it would affect me. Uh, you know, I'm at the age where I don't have to worry about having an abortion anymore. I'm not going to get pregnant, but I'm freaking out because losing the act, losing the right, the federal right to have an abortion is not just something that's going to affect women. It's going to affect everybody. Yeah. You know, it's going to affect men. It's going to affect women. It's going to affect the children that have already been born of mothers who either can't afford to have more children or there's health issues or whatever it is. It's going to affect everyone. It's going to affect the economy. And, you know, I mean, so this might be if if, if and when they actually lose it altogether, that's when we might see a big blowback. But I mean, the thing that's just so frightening to me outside, I mean, I'm really afraid of the abortion issue for obvious reasons. But what you said earlier is the most scary is, you know, that this is going to be something that they may be deciding on whether or not Trump can be indicted. Trump has to sit in front of Mueller and talk, whatever it is. That's what's freaking me out. Yeah, that too. I mean, that's a huge, huge deal. I mean, obviously the the gigantic uh, uh, Russian elephant in the room is that Donald Trump, uh, an agent of the Kremlin. Make no mistake here. Yeah. Donald Trump works for Vladimir Putin. Donald Trump works for his own personal fortune, which is then linked inextricably to Vladimir Putin and the Kremlin. That guy gets to choose who sits on the Supreme Court. He's already yeah. done it once. 
because of Mitch McConnell's slippery shenanigans. And his, and his stupid fucking smile. Yeah. And now he's going to be able to do it again. Well, it's, it's bad enough that he's, he's able to stock the entire uh, executive branch of the federal government with all of his hand-picked choices to run uh, departments and agencies and so on. As a Russian agent, he's able to do all of that yeah. somehow. But that's bad enough. But now he's stacking the Supreme Court for generations. Yeah. An installed Russian agent. Well, the, the, the thing that's pissing me off now on top of everything else is I'm seeing a lot of liberals, a lot of liberals going, well, you know what? It's not really about Russia. He didn't win because of Russia. He won because of it's like, oh, it's and then we hear the list. It was Jill Stein. It was about the low voter turnout. It was about voters. It was not all of it. You know what? Yeah, there were all kinds of factors here. But the main one, the main reason why Donald Trump is president is Pennsylvania, Wisconsin and Michigan. And no way Donald Trump wins Pennsylvania, Wisconsin and Michigan without the Russian propaganda, which was about Jill Stein as well. Exactly. Which fed Jill Stein's votes. And what we saw with Jill Stein's votes is Jill Stein received more votes in those three states right. than Donald Trump won in those three states. Then Donald Trump's winning margin, I should say, in those but three states. But that's the other problem is the fact that we don't have an administration that's acknowledging what happened with Russia. And so, you know, in order to uh, understand what happened, you'd have to be paying attention and it'd yeah. have to be a mainstream thing. And it isn't mm-hmm. because now it just looks like a partisan argument. Yeah. It's like the Democrats are saying Russia happened and, and Republicans are like, whatever. Whatever. It's not like there's one centralized um, group of people like there used to be on the nightly news who would say, here's the facts. And everybody would say, "Okay, there are the facts that doesn't that's gone. You know, Trump was in Fargo last night. Wait, I want to wait before you go on to Trump. Let me ask you, because according to Vox, in order uh, for the Senate to do anything, there must be a sig- significant number of members present. Article 1, Section 5 of the Constitution says a majority of each shall constitute... Talking a- about a quorum. Yeah, yeah, a quorum. The shorthand for what you just said is yeah. there needs to be at least 51 senators on the floor of the Senate for there to be a vote, And right? it says, yeah, in the month of June, there have been an average of 1.8 Republican absences across the 18 roll call votes. So even if McCain returned to the Senate, the majority would struggle to consistently provide a, for, a floor majority. This provides Senate Democrats with real leverage if they... Uh, refuse to participate in roll calls, the Senate will come to halt for a lack of a quorum. The problem is, though, that the Senate can presume a quorum, Uh even if there there isn't one present. So Mitch McConnell can say, well, we have a quorum, and that's it. But the only way he's not able to do that is if a member of the Senate goes, we need a roll call Uh to confirm your quorum. Right. Right. And so there needs to be, say there's, well, not say, there are 51 Republican senators. Uh Mm-hmm including Mitch McConnell. There needs to be one more senator to call for the roll call to prove the quorum. Mm -hmm. That's 51 senators on the floor of the Senate. That's a quorum. So I don't know if the quorum route is going to work. I think the hanging up of, of this nomination process needs to happen maybe at the committee level, uh, somewhere in, in that mix at that preliminary before they even get, because if we're getting down to the floor vote, wow, Mm-hmm. They really have pulled out all the stops. Yeah, there, there yeah. are there are a lot of hurdles that have been cleared at that point mm-hmm. that should have been put up before we get to the quorum solution. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. So there's like, it's like there are all kinds of opportunities to stack this vote in the Democrats' favor before they actually right. get to the point where they're starting to play shenanigans with a quorum call. 
So I, yeah, I, it's it's possible. I think it's unlikely. Mm-hmm. I think it once it gets to the floor, there's gonna be a vote, and mm-hmm. the Democrats better goddamn have at least fifty votes. Mm-hmm. They better have the entire well, all forty nine, right. including Joe Manchin, including Heidi Heitkamp, mm-hmm. and one more. Whether that's Susan Collins or Lisa Murkowski, I or think Jeff that, Flake or Jeff Flake, I think they need three. Yeah, I think they need at Wait, least well, three Republicans about, what about to the flip. Mike Pence tie. Well, Mike, but Mike Pence can only break a tie if it's 50-50. Oh, okay, that's right. So if it's 50-50, then Mike Pence comes in, but he doesn't come in if it's 50-49 gotcha. one way or another, or 51-49, or whatever, you know, obviously. Yeah. Constitution only, only allows the vice president to break a tie if it's 50-50. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. If it's exactly evenly divided. Yeah. I, I just don't know if it gets to that point, if it gets to the point of having a vote, if there's anything else that can be done other than poaching Republicans to vote along with the Democrats, to caucus with the Democrats on that vote. The problem is that um, I think Joe Manchin and Heidi Heitkamp might end up, because remember, Joe Man- unlike Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins, they, I know for at the very least, Joe Manchin is up for uh, re-election this yeah. year. So Joe Manchin's going to, in order for him to win against uh, whatever crackpot they put up against him, yeah. and uh, it, to, it was going to be Blankenship for a while there, but it's not Blankenship. I forget who actually got the Republican nomination in West Virginia. But the, he, he, of course, he's going to have to shift right mm-hmm. in order to win re-election. So I don't know if Joe Manchin's going to vote with the Democrats. So I think the Democrats need to secure, certainly Collins and Murkowski. Mm-hmm. You, we can't just go for one. There needs to be a yeah. whole... Uh, roster of yeah, Republicans I think it should be they all start three. to buy. Mc, uh, Mc, I, I'm, I'm saying McCollins. McCollins. <laughs> McCollins and Mc, is it McCursky? Mer- Lisa Murkowski. Murkowski. Yeah. And Flake. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's possible too. And McCain. And Well, McCain, I think we can assume that McCain's not going to vote. And right. if he does, then the game's over. Unless he votes with the Democrats. I that's don't, what I'm saying. There's, I think there's a possibility he could. Well, yeah. I mean, he is. I mean, you know what? There is a strong possibility of that. I mean, what if McCain does come back? Okay, well, that in that case, with McCain, it's automatically the caucus is 51-49. 49 mm-hmm. Democrats, 51 Republicans in the Senate mm-hmm. with McCain. McCain flips over to the Democratic side. That's 50-50, which and means that's Pence. That's Pence. So but if need- you can get McCain and Flake... Or you know what I mean? If you can, if you can get a couple of those other ones. Yeah. Well, you start with Collins and Murkowski right. just because of ideology, right. because their posture on row. You start there, and if you can't get them, you go down the list uh, per increasing level of difficulty. Yeah. Because everyone after them is going to be harder and harder to get. The farther yeah. you go down the list, the more difficult it's going to be to grab those Republicans. And here we are. I know. I get it. We're talking about, oh, shit, we have to pull Republicans over in order to win this vote. Just like we did with the ACA. But you know what? That's a consequence of, I think, not enough Democrats realizing that elections matter. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? You, you voted your conscience because you didn't like drones. And here where, here's where we are. Or you listen to fucking H.A. Goodman and how Hillary was going to be indicted every five minutes. Wait, who's that? Who are you you talking about? Who the hell's H.A. Goodman? (laughs) I have no idea who that is. No idea who you're talking about. You are kidding, aren't you? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe I'm kidding. H.A. who? (laughs) All right, let's take the only break in today's show and come back and and dig into this a a little more. I was about to say earlier, uh, Trump was in Fargo uh, last night. Fargo. And uh, and he was talking about a, a, the blue wave versus the red wave. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. He doesn't understand anything. Of course he doesn't. All right, back with more show after these words. 
Being at the racetrack is a blast! High five! Whoa, man, uh, you can put your arm down now. What, you gonna leave me hanging? Come on, bring it in for a hug. Uh, that's okay, man. We're cool. Why, what's the matter? We're all buds, man. Uh, well, I, I hate to tell you, but I think you need to take a pit stop. What? I'm not driving a race car, man. No, pit stop. It's, uh, well, an all-natural deodorant that'll keep your pits from, uh, being the pits. Oh, no. My pits are the pits. Hey, don't worry, man. Luckily, my pals over at Bubble Genius have you covered. They've created all-natural stuff to help with summer stank. Everything from pit stop deodorant to cooling facial mist to talc-free body powders that leave you soft, not sweaty. Hey, cool! You said it. Bubble Genius keeps you cool all summer long. BubbleGenius.com The Bob Seska Show The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Thank you, Buzz, and welcome back to our Thursday show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, okay, so we're going to be off all next week. You dick! Sorry. I know. It's so sad, isn't it? I know. I need a break. I, I just, I, I knew. I, I need, need to refill. The shows will be better because of it, I assure you. Uh, Kimberly Johnson's here. She's the author of Peyton's Choice. She does her own podcast at patreon.com slash start me up. Go and listen to that show. It's great. Subscribe to the uh, and another thing segment, too. Um, okay. Oh, wait. I got to turn on your microphone. I turned it off for a second. Yeah, I was like, where am I? There you are. Um, just let me read this. Uh, Chris Hayes, five minutes ago. Okay. Said, uh, the president once again defending Russia's innocence and electoral sabotage yep. uh, that helped him get elected as he sets up summit with Putin. Um, uh, as he sets up a summit with Putin is the same as his Russia. I, I don't even. I have no oh, idea oh, what you just said. Yeah, neither. I, I was reading it wrong. <laughs> um, wait, hold on. The president what? once again defending Russia, Russia's innocence and electoral sabotage that helped him get elected. Um, and then it says, as he sets up a summit with Putin, is the same as Russia, if you're listening, moment. Oh, uh, I he see. is telling them to keep going. He is rooting them on. Yeah, yeah. Here, Trump tweeted today, Russia continues to say they had nothing to do with meddling in our election. Meddling is a capital, capital M and meddling for some reason. Uh, so it's serious official meddling is what he's talking about here. <laughs> Russia continues to say they had nothing to do with meddling in our election. Yeah, well, that 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 ends it then, doesn't it? Yeah, I know. I guess that's it. We're done. Go home. Russia's done. Russia said it. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> Fuck. Where's it's, like, the... it's like asking the bank robber, did you steal money? No, yeah. I didn't steal any money. All right, case closed. Yeah, it's like that. I, I keep going back to that scene from uh, uh, Good Morning Vietnam where Robin Williams says, you know, we go up to the enemy and we ask them, are you the enemy? And if they say yes, we shoot them. <laughs> it's like, yeah. uh, did you meddle in our election? No. Oh, well, great okay. then. No problem. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm going to totally believe you and all of my red hats are going to believe you too. We're so through the looking glass. We're yeah, we so are. beyond Because fact. now today, we're not even talking about caged children. Yeah, nope, nope, not at all. We're going to get back to that, though. I assure you, we will talk about that today. Uh, Trump was in Fargo last night doing another one of his endless cocaine rants, and he said, uh, the blue wave is really sputtering badly, which is not true. The red wave is happening. Just look at what happened last night, referring to Tuesday. Not understanding that these are primaries. 
Yeah. For God's sake, he doesn't understand what a primary is. He thinks that that was an election where the Republicans who won Tuesday night of this week defeated Democrats is what he's thinking. They just defeated other Republicans. God damn it. <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck you. Thank yeah, you. Thank much. you very much, Martin Landau. This is why I played that clip at the top of the show from Ed Wood. Everyone's asking me, where does this come from? Fuck you. And it's Martin Landau and Ed Wood. That's what that is. Okay. So uh, let's see what else. Uh, what else did he say in Fargo? Uh, he said, remember remember how we're going to do so poorly with women? He said, look at all the women here tonight. Women for Trump. Look at all the women. We did great with the women. My wife told me, you're going to do great with the women. <laughs> he has the best words, doesn't yeah, he? he does. He talked about Kim Jong-un last night. He said, we had a great relationship. We had a great chemistry together. The fake news was upset when I said we had a good relationship. We had a good chemistry going along with countries, China and Russia. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. China. Oh, yeah. You know what? You know, that's like saying, you know, I met with Charlie Manson the other day. We had a good relationship. (laughs) (laughs) I just, you know, I met with Goebbels the other day. Great relationship. Great rapport. No problem. Nothing to worry about there. By the way, I know Charles Manson and Joseph Goebbels are both dead, but I'm just coming up with despotic people who killed lots of people. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the point of what I was just saying. Uh, he talked about the polls, too. He said, oh, and by the way, our people said it was 35 percent. I guess he's talking about his own poll numbers. Mm-hmm. Then they said it was 40. Then he said then they said it was 42. The polls are driving them now over 50 percent. Then they said some great people. They said anytime Trump gets a poll, add 12 to it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I'm not completely against what he just said right there. Yeah. Don't believe the polls. Yeah, uh, I, I, me too. I, what, I'm right there. What has you. happened in, I don't know, how many of the last several presidential elections? The polls have been fucking wrong. Don't believe the polls. Don't get happy. Assume we have to fight for our lives yeah, in this assume election. Assume you're the deciding vote, period. Yeah. But, I mean, we're not... It's not necessarily as grim as fighting for our lives, but it's fighting for our rights. It's fighting for American democracy. And that it's is our for- lives. I mean, it's not life or death per se, but yeah. for some people, it is life or death. Well, it's because the- pre-existing conditions, losing your life and having a oh, yeah. unsafe abortion, yeah, sometimes and it, you know, or getting beat up because of the color of your skin or your sexual orientation. In that sense, it's, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It is, in many cases, a fight for our lives. Uh, but then, even beyond that, this is a fight for the future of this country because it is about to become solidified into this Donald Trump America. And unless we stop that from happening, unless democratic leadership stops, stops that from happening, unless democratic voters stop playing grab ass and actually get serious about winning elections. You know, that's the main thing. This is the thing that I keep going back to. I wrote about this in the daily banter yesterday. The Democrats need to prioritize winning once Mm -hmm. again. Yeah. And maybe I've said this before on the show. I don't care. The fact of the matter is, is that we don't prioritize winning. We're too busy on our hobby horses. You know, we've got a Democratic Party that is 65 million chefs all trying to run the kitchen. And I I understand how we're individuals and we have individual ideas about how things work. It's natural. It's human nature. But at some point, you have to say, hey, you know what? Maybe we're not winning enough. <laughs> yeah, really. Maybe in order to get some of these great ideas that we have, maybe we need to start winning 
and actually getting some people in office at the state level into some governor's mansions, into some state legislatures. How about the House of Representatives? How about school boards? Then we can stop wringing our hands about, oh, why are they putting Bible and Jesus things into textbooks? Mm-hmm. You know, why are all these trap laws getting passed? Why are all these voter ID laws getting passed? Oh, why, oh, why, oh, why? And then we stay home on days when state and local elections take place. You know, for God's sake, start winning. Stop listening to people like Susan Sarandon and Cenk Uger. Yeah. Stop. That's the main thing. Stop listening to the crackpots who think that the Democratic Party is done and we need to take our toys and go home. That is not going to win a goddamn thing. And maybe eventually, maybe down the road, a couple of decades as this slow unwinding process toward the Susan Sarandon, Cenk Uger agenda takes place, throw in Jill Stein and Bernie Sanders into that mix too. And maybe down the road, we'll eventually get there, maybe kind of, sort of. But what happens in the meantime? I mean, what kind of terrible tragedy, what kind of death and desolation occurs in the midst of that? In the midst of that process, it's the underpants gnome theory again. Mm-hmm. Always comes back to the underpants gnome theory. Number one, collect underpants. Number two, question mark. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Number three, profit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or in this case, number one, tear apart the Democratic Party. Number two, question mark. Number three, progressivism. Yeah. Hooray. We did it. Yeah. Well, back in 2016, when I was asking people, okay, explain how the. Um, Green Party is going to win. Yeah, I, I I was accused of being condescending. <laughs> I know. Well, maybe they're going. You know what? We know we can't win. So why are you rubbing our nose in the fact that we can't win? Well, well because then why they, were, you... they were insisting on I voting know. for Jill Stein, I, and I'm like, tell me how she's going to win. <laughs> well, not with that condescending question. <sighs> oh, excuse me for asking Good me how God. you plan to win. Yeah, yeah. When you're not viable. It's, you know what? It's adult swim now. Yeah. Enough with the children. Enough with playing grab ass around with your pet issues. It's time to move forward and actually start to win some things. You, we start to take back some of the many state houses that we've lost over the years, where all of these horrible voter ID laws and trap laws and so forth are getting passed. Mm-hmm. Start to take that back. And you know what? Then we can begin to focus on uh, restoring the soul of the Democratic Party or whatever the, the priorities are there. Mm-hmm. But the first priority has always got to be winning. I'm not denying the priority of, of issues and focusing on Democratic and, and progressive priorities. I'm not shitting on that. And, and of course, a lot there could be some lots, lots of people in the comments saying, oh, you're shitting all over that. I'm not shitting on that. I'm just saying none of that is relevant if we don't win. Right. You, know, you can fight for your, your issues all you want. You can fight for policies all you want, but it's not going to work unless you win. Yeah. The Republicans understand that. So they are not only winning in elections and have been winning in elections, you know, the, the state, the, the grassroots level, state and local and so on. But they've also been ready with legislation that when they do pick up more votes, I guarantee you there's an entire roster of, of constitutional amendments ready for when they've got a, uh, you know, whatever they need in terms of state houses to, to uh, ratify those amendments. Mm-hmm. That's the fucking horror show. You want to talk yeah. about a horror show beyond the Supreme Court. That's the horror show because they don't even need the Supreme Court to pass a constitutional amendment. Right. They can just do it, and then it's that. That's it. Mm-hmm. They pass a constitutional amendment, a right to life amendment, saying that uh, yep. that fetuses are humans. Done. Game over. Get, the Supreme Court can do nothing, nothing. about that. The yeah. only way that goes away is a repeal amendment. Right. 
which is really hard. Yeah. It's only happened once. And I think, what was the, uh, one significant way in the last uh, 120 years was prohibition. Uh, they actually passed a, a constitutional amendment banning alcohol in the United States. And then they passed another constitutional amendment restoring legal alcohol. It's how fucking crazy things were yeah. 100 years ago. But it's not as easy as that. Not anymore. Not with the, you know, the calcification of partisanship in this country. Um, okay, so Tr- Trump and Putin are going to meet in Helsinki for uh, uh, Trump's obvious uh, mid-year employee evaluation as a designated employee of the Kremlin. So that's going to be on July 16th. That'll be the day before your birthday. My dad's birthday, too. Oh, and your dad's dad's birthday. Happy birthday to your dad. Uh, Trump's meeting with Putin in Helsinki, of all places. And I assume he's going to get marching orders, or I assume he's going to get briefed Mm -hmm. uh, on what's possible for the election. Right. Uh, You know, it's entirely possible that he's going to get some information along those lines. And we'll never know because, of course, some of the meetings will have no note takers mm-hmm. or any sort of record of what was said. Because that, of course, is the way Trump wants it. That's mm-hmm. the way the Kremlin wants it. That's the way, of course, Putin wants it. Yeah. But uh, speaking of Putin, did you see uh, Jim Jordan, who's also <laughs> compromised? <laughs> Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio. Uh, he's one of, uh, you know, he's one of uh, Trump's minion in the House of Representatives, along with Devin Nunes, who are working to sideline and obstruct this entire Russia investigation. Because I'm sure, you know, at some point, we're going to find out that Jim Jordan is corrupt. Jim Jordan is somehow linked to Russian money, too. Mm -hmm. He completely beclowned himself in a hearing with Rod Rosenstein yesterday. Did you see this? No. Oh, my God. (laughs) Rod Rosenstein kind of let him have it a little bit, but in a a very, very subtle way. Mm -hmm. Here's uh, Congressman Jim Jordan... Republican of Ohio, Republican of the Kremlin, uh, grilling Rod Rosenstein about uh, subpoenas and crap like that. Rosenstein, did you threaten staffers on the House Intelligence Committee? Media reports indicate you did. Media reports are mistaken. Sometimes. But this is what they said. (laughs) Having the nation's number one law enforcement officer threaten to subpoena your calls and emails is downright chilling. Did you threaten to subpoena their calls and emails? No, sir, and there's no way to subpoena phone calls. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm reading what the press said. I'm reading well, what the I, press I would said. suggest that you not rely on what the press says, sir. Well, I didn't ask if there's no way to do it. I asked if you said it. If I said what? What I just read you. No, I did not. Well, now, who are we supposed to believe? Staff members who we've worked with, who've never misled us, or you guys, who we've caught hiding information from us, who tell a witness not to answer our questions... Who are we supposed to believe? Thank you for making clear it's not personal, Mr. Jordan. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I didn't, I'm saying the Should Department of Justice. To, yeah, enough of that. Um, let's be clear about what's going on in this recording here. Jim Jordan is completely okay with the Kremlin taking over the United States. Yeah. With the Kremlin taking control of this. What he is doing, and, and, and almost as bad, if not equally as bad, is the fact that Jim Jordan is feeding this narrative, trying to paint the Department of Justice and the FBI as having organized and continuing to organize a coup against the sitting president of the United States of Jim Jordan's party. So one of the many things that can occur that will turn our hair white. I, you know, I'm rapidly losing my hair. <laughs> I don't know if you know it. You can see it because you're sitting behind me. I've got a bald spot growing it's, in right it's not a there. Bald spot, though. I need it. Well, it's, 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 it, my hair is definitely getting thinner on the top of my head, and I'm blaming Donald Trump. But, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, the thing that is going to 
terrify us the most still hasn't even come to pass. And that's when Donald Trump declares himself as having emergency powers. The Republican Congress backstops him and agrees, oh, yes, we need to give him these emergency powers. Why? Well, because there's a deep state coup being organized Mm -hmm. against Donald Trump to oust Donald Trump from the presidency, and it's happening inside the Justice Department. So we're going to give Donald Trump emergency powers to start arresting people inside the Justice Department. We're going to start giving him emergency powers to arrest anyone who he believes might be involved in this coup. And then eventually, you know what? Goes to the Supreme Court, and guess what happens in the Supreme Court? <laughs> I know. It's a horror show. It is. It's, there are no jokes to be made about this. It is the nightmare scenario. This is the Erdogan scenario. This is the Putin scenario. This is where th- this sort of shit happens all the time in this country. We give presidents emergency powers all the time. Lincoln got emergency powers during the Civil War in a time of rebellion. The, the Constitution automatically gives him emergency powers. Donald Trump could declare that this is a, an act of rebellion against his presidency. So he could actually just take emergency powers and suspend the writ of habeas corpus. Start arresting people. He doesn't need Congress's okay. He doesn't need a AUMF to give him uh, wartime powers in the war on terrorism or the war in Iraq, like Congress did with George W. Bush, gave him two AUMFs, giving him unlimited powers to fight Iraq and to fight in Afghanistan. Or, and that was, of course, expanded to fight the whole war on terror, which is a whole other issue. But Donald Trump could actually declare himself as having those powers and nothing. The Supreme Court will not stop him. A Republican Congress will not stop him. Even if the Democrats take back Congress, it's possible the Democrats won't even be able to stop. What are they going to do unless they have a veto-proof majority, pass a law? Mm-hmm. But so you want to talk about on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, the best case scenario is if the Democrats work their asses off, block this fucking Supreme Court nominee that's going to be inevitable, And then at that point, mobilize enough voters, springboard off of that success, and win back the fucking Senate too. Yeah. And then in two years, we get enough votes for a a veto-proof majority. And and even if Donald Trump is is reelected in 2020, a Democratic Congress with a veto-proof majority Mm -hmm. can run the board on any law they want to pass without Donald Trump's signature. So there are a lot of things that can happen, both good and bad. But the way the trend line is moving, it's moving toward bad. Yeah. And unless we stop crying like a bunch of fucking babies, unless we stop yelling like uh, like Walter the Frenchy dog, <laughs> unless we stop doing that, unless we're overly, unless we stop being overly dramatic like Walter, <laughs> uh, we're gonna lose. We're, we're going to lose and it's going to be tragic and it's going to be horrible. And lots of people are going to end up going to jail, going yeah. to prison uh, because Donald Trump thinks they're enemies of the state, enemies of the presidency, organizing a, uh, a coup d'etat mm-hmm. inside the United States. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about DOJ employees. I'm talking about journalists. I'm talking about bloggers. I'm talking about people on Twitter. Anyone who's known to Donald Trump, anyone who Donald, if Donald Trump doesn't like the cut of your jib. You could be going to prison. I mean, because he could start. Yeah. I mean, he could he could start with Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. They don't have any protection. I mean, he could he could disappear them in a heartbeat. If Donald Trump wanted to disappear Barack Obama, he could. I'm not saying he will. <laughs> I'm not going necessarily down that road yet. But look, I'm just I'm trying to enumerate the possibilities here. We are at a crossroads, and there needs to be a reckoning in this country. 
The left needs to stand up, prioritize winning, stop this fucking bozo, and do whatever we have to do within the legal bounds of the Constitution and the U.S. Code to make sure that he is rendered powerless. I wish just Ted Lieu was in charge. <laughs> yeah, we need Ted Lieu. I like Ted Lieu and Tammy Duckworth both had the right idea yesterday. Their statement in response to Anthony Kennedy's resignation was the yeah. Mitch McConnell tweet. Right. <laughs> the American people deserve an opportunity to weigh in on this nomination yeah. process, which means having an election before we confirm. Mm-hmm. On top of all of this... Having an election and letting those uh, candidates go into office. <laughs> By the way, notify the affiliates. We're running long today. Uh, Trump is building an internment camp for 119,000 migrants. So, you know what? Look, we're on that road to autocracy. We're on that road to dictatorship. This isn't Glenn Beck screaming about Barack Obama in 2009. Oh, my God. Where is the creeping Nazi socialist? Land on our heads. This is not some fictitious thing that we're just bullshitting for fun here. Uh, first of all, because we don't do that. Second of all, because we're seeing all of the markers here, all of the things that we heard from every single expert the day after the election, things to watch for. These things are happening. Endless campaign rallies, right, where he's rubber stamped, mm -hmm. uh, you know, locking people up, internment camps. Well, and I just want to say that as a, somebody who lived in Soviet Russia in 1981, you know, I was 12 years old. My dad worked for ABC News. I lived there. I saw what it looked like. And I'm, I'm not a scholar or anything like that. But all I can say is what's happening with these internment camps screams Soviet Russia. Yeah. It is cruel. It is just, it's very Russian. And I, and I, I believe within everything in me that this was Putin's idea. I think it was fed. I mean, obviously, Sessions wants it, too. Sessions is, like, laughing about it. Um, but I think that this is something that either, if Putin didn't come up with it himself, it was something that Russians definitely worked on Trump. You well, know I what I mean? Yeah, I think it's more possible that Putin just signed off and said, you know what? Good idea. Go forward with that. That'll wreck whether, all kinds of chaos. Whether it's that or, hey, you know, here's an idea. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. This is very Russian. It's just very Russian. You know, I mean, I, like I said, I'm not a scholar. I'm not an expert on Russia or anything. But since I lived there, I understood in, in Soviet Russia, specifically yeah. communist Russia. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I, it's, I, it's, I, it's, 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 it's a cold and calculating. Yeah, it's cold. yeah. And it's also, you know, I mean, it was a police state. And I remember there were, um, you know, these kind of militia stands that mm -hmm. looked like phone booths on not every street corner, but almost every street corner. And there was this like huge, tall, angry-looking, stone-faced Russian man with his beady eyes on you. Yeah. And, I mean, that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like is happening. And, you know, I read somewhere, and of course, I don't, I, I never can, I don't save everything, and I should just save it for, to say, oh, I read this and this, whatever. But um, something along the lines of Russians have been working on this country, and Republicans specifically, since 1995. And so all, all of these... Call, it's a distraction. Everybody's screaming it's a distraction. You know what the fucking distraction is? It's Donald Trump. Yeah. The, because well, 
because nobody, in my opinion, nobody in the media is giving enough credit to Putin for what he is doing. He is he is succeeding in dismantling our country. I Yes, Trump is right there and he's doing all these things and I'm sure he has his own ideas and all of that, but he is so heavily compromised. He is taking orders from Putin and this is Putin's doing. This is not about Donald Trump. This is about fucking Russia. <laughs> yeah. And you know what else? Uh, we have more collusion. We have more collusion right here, staring right at me. A company controlled by Paul Manafort and his wife owed 10 million dollars to oleg deripaska the aluminum king of russia the uh the oligarch who has uh, close links to vladimir putin and remember the, the the reason i'm mentioning collusion in this context is paul manafort was in contact with Konstantin kalimnik mm-hmm. who was just indicted by robert Mueller, by the way and Konstantin kalimnik he had these con- paul manafort had these conversations with Konstantin kalimnik who was Paul Manafort's go-between based in Kiev, Ukraine, to uh, Vladimir Putin. So we have communications between Paul Manafort and Konstantin Kalimnik in which Paul Manafort is asking Konstantin Kalimnik, ask our friend OLD or whatever the, whatever his middle initial is. They're referring to him as his three initials, mm-hmm. uh, Oleg something Deripaska. Ask him what we need to make us whole. Mm-hmm. You know, so clearly Paul Manafort was offering Oleg Deripaska access to Donald Trump in exchange for forgiving much or all of this $10 million loan Mm -hmm. or even another loan, because this may only be one of several loans. So this might be the loan that they were talking about, though, about, you know, Paul Manafort asking Constantine Kalimnik, what can we do for our friend to make us whole? And, of course, the favors Paul Manafort were offering were all, you know, access to Donald Trump, access to the Donald Trump campaign, access to policy, access to uh, campaign strategy, and so on. There, that is collusion, right there. And we have, I mean, it's it's documented now. We have the communications. That's well documented. Now we've got this information now about this uh, $10 million loan confirming the reason why Paul Manafort was reaching out to Oleg Deripaska and giving him access to Donald Trump. Oleg Deripaska. And by the way, Konstantin Kalimnik is Russian military intelligence. Let's not gloss over that either. Konstantin Kalimnik is former GRU. And it, you know, as with any intelligence agency, e- even inside the United States, once you're in that intelligence agency, especially an agency like the CIA or an equivalent to it, like the GRU or the FSB, you're always in it. Mm-hmm. You may not. Right, right, you, right, right. Yeah. Right. Because you're still, whether you collect a paycheck from them or not, you're still bound by the, the, the strictures of national security. You're still bound by all of the information that you have stored in your head about where the bodies are buried. So once you're in, you're always in. Mm-hmm. And this is the guy Paul Manafort was communicating with for a long, long time. And who, Bob Mueller has indicted. So this is, I mean, you, Donald Trump still has the balls to stand up in front of his people and go, no collusion, no collusion. Yeah. And of course, there's, we're seeing it's all, it's all right here. It's all written. It's all right here. Unfucking believable. 
So, oh, by the way, you can, in case you missed it, you can still uh, leave a voicemail message for Paul Manafort in prison <laughs> at the Northern Neck Regional Jail in Warsaw, Virginia. Call 804-333-6419. Choose option one, then choose option four. For $1.99 per message with a minimum length of 45 seconds, you can leave a message for Paul Manafort, and he will probably hear it because what the fuck better things does he have to do? Well, I don't know. Would you listen? I wouldn't listen. <laughs> I don't know. It depends on uh, what he thinks is on there. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe there's messages from his family on there. Right. You know, so he's going to go through. And if you get the, the shit right in at the beginning, because you, you have to talk for at least 45 seconds. Yeah. Otherwise, they're not going to give it to him. So if you throw in the shit right at the beginning, they may delete it, mm-hmm. but it may get through to him. Yeah. It, the whole system might be automated. He may be able to just go up to the bank of phones in the prison, pick it up, dial a certain number, put in a pin, and there he can hear all the messages. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what the retrieval process is, but that's that's something you can do to to blow off some steam. And he certainly deserves it. He's selling out the United States for a fucking buck or 10 million bucks, as the as the case may be. All right. Um, so do you have any final thoughts on? Uh, no, I'm just, because just, I'm just really having a hard time. I know. Well, you know what? I mean, we're doing the after party tomorrow. Yeah. So we will have we do, some we, additional we have, time to... Uh, we can talk about uh, politics, but we need to focus on something nice. Is there anything Funny, nice? I don't know. We got to figure something out. There's nothing nice. <laughs> There's nothing nice happening. Oh, oh, look, things aren't as great as uh, Donald Trump has been saying they are with regard to the economy. We're going to talk about that in the postmortem show coming up. So there's still lots more podcasting to do. I'm not on vacation yet. So we got the postmortem show coming up on our Patreon page. Go to our Patreon page by going to bobseska.com and clicking the all caps Patreon link just beneath the logo to take you to our Patreon page where you can sign up for various levels of support for this show. $1 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, or $15 a month. And each one of those tiers will give you all kinds of special bonus content like our postmortem show for $5 a month. You get two of those per week. So eight postmortem shows per month for your $5 of support. For $10, you get all those postmortem shows plus the after party. For $15, you get uh, everything. After party, postmortem shows, and a commercial-free version of the free show for your $15 of monthly support. And you won't even notice the $15 zipping out of your account. You won't, you won't even notice I it. promise. You won't. Totally not. Unless you're uh, keeping track of that stuff very, very closely. <laughs> but I'm just saying, let's all pretend that you won't see it coming out of your account, huh? <laughs> We gotta go and support the show. Kimberly Johnson can be found at uh, patreon.com slash start me up. That is her podcast with Steph Walton. And author Kimberly L E Y on Twitter. Author Kimberly. And that's yeah, that's the main thing to remember. Kimberly is spelled with two E's. K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. The extra E is for excellent. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, but Buzz Burbank can be found at buzzburbank.com. Uh, for Buzz Burbank news and comment, the Mark and Lowell show is at realmnetwork.com. Jody Hamilton's at from-the-bunker.com. Jackie Shecker can be found at investigaterussia.org. David Ferguson is at facebook.com slash compromatban or patreon.com slash the T-Rex report. And Jen Kirkman's tour dates can be found at jenkirkman.com. Oh, by the way, you can listen to this show at Little Green Footballs if you want to. Also at realmnetwork.com, patreon.com slash bobandchez, facebook.com slash bobandchez. Or on iTunes, but iTunes kind of sucks. <laughs> All right, if you don't hear our postmortem show or the after party, we'll see you after vacation. Bye bye. Bye bye.
elections in November and keep our country moving forward, if we want to earn the privilege to lead, my message is this. It's time for Democrats to grow a backbone and stand up for what we believe.